Welcome to episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father, son, fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 11, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Fasten your seatbelt for a Canadian motorsports tour with our special guest insider and longtime chum. Are you driven by auto-inspired athlete names? Here are chums. Take the wheel for a showcase of their top selections. Can we serve you some chin music? We'll pitch you high and tight with our gold, silver, bronze for favorite sports anthems. And we'll head for home on episode 11 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums, our personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums, episode 11. Ashton, how are you, my man? I am feeling good. You're feeling good. You're feeling great. So glad that you're with us on episode 11 of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, um, the last episode we did, you were just on the verge of finishing up school, and you did really well. Congrats on a great report card, son. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell all the uh, the fans at home a bit about what you've been doing this summer. Well, I've got a summer job. A summer job. Do tell the listeners. So, uh, I I basically um, research sports, and uh, and like it's it's very fun research. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of fun research. Any kind of fun statistics. This is all kind of part of you becoming a a stats guru, a stats aficionado, if you will. Like any kind of fun stats that you want to share as we 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 get ready for the fall for champs and chums. Uh, one one thing that one thing that I actually liked uh doing was uh was uh uh working on Rocky. Oh yes, Rocky. It's kind of like a series, right? And we watched a yeah. little bit of that movie, right? Since yeah, being we watched film. Rocky R- one, the full movie. That's right. And we got a few a few episodes uh, more to go and a few series to go. But that that's a brilliant movie. And uh, what else have you been uh, busy doing this summer? Well, I've been um, uh, quarantining, playing basketball. Yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of tutor- tutoring as well, too, to sort of keep those uh, school skills sharp. Yeah. Oh, that's I get great. math tutoring. And what math tutoring? Well, that's great. What kind of things are you learning? Like, what what is a a typical student who's going into fall grade uh, in in grade uh, grade three in fall? What what are you what are you learning? What are you learning towards? So, like, we've finished grade two work, and now we're in grade three work. We're we're just a bit into it because I'm not really sure about grade three work yet because I'm I'm not really graduated yet. Uh, but I will be once I get to grade three. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I've seen some of the, and by the way, why don't you tell the the, the fans at home, why don't you tell, share with them who your tutors are for the summer, summer learning? 
The Power Girls. The Power Girls. Shout out to the Power Girls, Serene and Ashley, who've played a, a great uh, math mentor role for uh, my chum here, Ashton. So uh, thanks so much, girls, for uh, helping out. And uh, here we are. And we've been trying to keep up our activity mm-hmm. as well, too. You know, we all talked about fitness during this uh, still challenging time of COVID. And uh, well, what, what, do you, what have you been doing? What have, you, what have we been doing more together as a father and a son? We have been walking. We have been walking to um, the school near our house, physically distanced, wearing masks. And uh, yep, mom's joined us as well too. Yes, and uh, I uh, mostly uh, my dad has been walking around the track there, and I've been playing basketball. Yeah, but we have got in some races. Yeah. And and we have gotten some races and what a perfect segue because as we mentioned in our preview to episode 11 of Champs and Chums, we are so pleased to have a very special guest online for you. Hey Ashton, do you have the need for speed? Yes, I do. Ashton, question number 2. Are you ready to go high gear on episode 11 of Champs and Chums? Sure am. Well, we have the perfect guest to talk about racing of a different kind, talking about motor racing. And uh, our special guest, is um, he's built an illustrious and continues to build on an illustrious career in Canadian motorsports, motorsports uh, in general. He's a senior marketing and communications leader who's represented iconic brands such as uh, Bridgestone, Firestone in the Kart and Formula One series. He's uh, represented other iconic brands, including Players, Molson, involved in uh, leadership roles for tennis and golf, um, the National Hockey League's Players Association, and also uh, working very closely in leading the the marketing communications and sales efforts for Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. For close to 10 years now, he's served a roster of clients as the principal of his company, Accelerate Marketing and Communications. And above all of that outstanding career, Ashton, he is a long-time chum of your dad's. Like, we're talking over 20 years, close to 21 years, our chum, my chum, has uh, been so proud to uh, to have him uh, by my side, and um, we're so pleased to have our special guest join us. So joining us Live on episode 11, Champs and Chums, is my longtime chum, Jerry Priddle. Jerry, welcome to Champs and Chums. How are you? I'm, I'm great, Anthony, and, and hello, Ashton. And wow, what, what an intro. I'm, I'm blushing, and uh, I'll, I'll have to bring you along to uh, some of my future meetings, Anthony, and uh, you can help uh, tell them a little bit about me. That, that was awesome. Oh, so you don't... Thank you very much for that. Oh, well, listen, you don't, you don't need any help of mine. Your, 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 uh, your, your resume of accomplishments, Jer, speaks uh, so, so much and so strong about all the great experience that you've had as a, as a senior leader in marketing communications on the sports side. And we have you on here uh, today to talk about Canadian motorsports, another fun sports father-son fun talk episode here on Champs and Chums. But uh, just before we get going, just want to, how are you? How are you, the family, doing? You know, we know it's still a challenging time of, uh, of COVID, but uh, how are you and uh, Donna and the kids doing? Uh, everyone's doing well. Um, our three kids have uh, all continued. Uh, first of all, everyone's healthy. 
and uh, you know, is all uh, being responsible in, in terms of uh, physical distancing and uh, you know, making sure that uh, uh, us and those around us are uh, as, as safe as possible. Um, and you know, considering we've all been in quarantine for what now about four months, yeah. Uh, I, I think everyone's doing uh, remarkably well. Um, I, I don't know if Donna's uh, you know ready to to see this all end so that I get back out and uh, you know can spend more time away from the house. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, every, everyone's doing well, and uh, uh, I think. It being summer probably makes it a little bit easier just because we can still at least get outside. But, um, yeah, look, looking forward to the day, though, when, uh, you know, we can at least do some of the things that we used to do uh, in, in years past. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Big uh, fist bumps on that one for sure. Uh, well, chums, uh, we are here to talk on Father-Son Free-For-All Round 1 about Canadian motorsports talk, and we've got a great guest insider to uh, talk to us about that. So, um, Jer, just by way of um, introduction, I mean, you know, we mentioned just at the outset of episode 11, your illustrious career in motorsports, uh, public relations, and marketing. Um, why don't you share with the listeners some of the great highlights or personal memories that, uh, that you have from uh, such a career and the experiences that you've been able to, uh, to live? Yeah, no, I'd be happy to, uh, guys. And, and, you know, throughout my 30-plus years that, that I've been at this, uh, you know, I think right from the outset, uh, I have to say that I've been, you know, very fortunate and, and very lucky to be in the positions that I've been in. Um, you know, I've had an opportunity to work on uh, some of the biggest race events in the country, like uh, the Canadian Grand Prix Formula One race in Montreal, uh, working directly for the event, uh, of course, the uh, the Molson Indies in Toronto and Vancouver, and then the, the, the great events that uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, uh, also known uh, in, in its previous life as Motorsport, uh, but some of the events that they host on an annual basis, like the, the Chevrolet Silverado 250 NASCAR race. Um, and, and then the other part of that, which you know has made this all work, is, is just some of the great uh, corporations and and people that, that I've been able to work with and, and you mentioned many of them like Molson and players and, and Bridgestone Firestone um, and and they're they're all first-class organizations and and uh, provided us with healthy budgets both for the marketing and and the PR side of the work that we did for them uh, and and also the latitude to, uh, to to do the job right and you know to trust our instincts um, and, and to give us the opportunity to, you know, from time to time experiment and try new things, uh, you know, all, all with a goal of, of trying to improve the awareness for, for them and their brands. Um, and, and then the, the other part of it, Anthony, and I, I know you'll appreciate this on the PR side, is, is the media that, that we get to work with. Um, you know, for, for a lot of the media that I'd work with, uh, you know, whether they were in sports or general news or, uh, or business, um, you know, motorsports was not something that they were uh, necessarily comfortable with or, or knew much about. Um, so, you know, they, they came from probably more of a, a stick and ball background. So, uh, you know, their willingness to, first of all, cover motorsports and, and introduce it to new fans and, and tell the stories, uh, you know, I think made all, all of this work. You know, in terms of uh, actual memories, um, you know, I just think 
probably early in my career, the work on the Molson Indy was was so gratifying. Uh, you know, the amount of coverage that we were able to generate, uh, you know, pre-event and on, and on race weekends uh, was was phenomenal. I mean, we used to keep a, a, a kind of a big wall that uh, you could put pin boards in. And, and Ashton, this would have been, if you can believe it, back when I started on this, there there was no internet, there was no social media, so you know it was uh, radio, TV, and uh, and print were uh, a lot of what we focused on. Uh, but we'd put the clips up uh, on the wall, and by the end of the weekend, uh, you know that that wall would be full uh, with coverage. And you know I would say 99% of it was positive. So that that certainly you know was uh, was rewarding. Um, the, the Players Racing Program, um, you know, players have been involved in motorsports going right back to the first major race in Canada in 1961. Uh, but in the, uh, in the early 90s, um, a plan was hatched to uh, try to uh, develop a system, a ladder to help bring uh, drivers from, uh, you know, from the minor leagues, if you will. So if we use, uh, you know, a baseball analogy, drivers who would be at A, AA, and AAA and bring them up to the major leagues. And uh, uh, I had an opportunity to work on that from the ground floor. And, uh, you know, the, the end result of that program uh, saw a number of Canadian drivers, uh, you know, get their opportunity at the IndyCar level, um, you know, drivers like uh, Jacques Villeneuve, who then parlayed that to go on to um, Formula One racing and win a world championship. Uh, Greg Moore um, and and so many other you know great Canadians that that ran that. So that certainly you know was uh, was something that uh, I look back on with with a lot of pride and a lot of fondness. Um, I think seeing you know more recently seeing the evolution of Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Uh, you know, with uh, the new ownership group that uh, that took control there in uh, 2011, and then brought in uh, Canadian Tire as a title sponsorship, and the you know the millions and millions of dollars that they've invested in that facility uh, to to turn it into you know one of the great road racing facilities, uh, you know not not only in North America but I think around the globe. So that that's been uh, interesting to work with them and to have them as a client. Um, on, a, on a personal note and, you know, kind of selfishly, kind of the big wow for, uh, I'd, I'd have to say that uh, when I look back, uh, was while I was working with Bridgestone, and uh, it was early days of their Formula One program, and we had the opportunity to take a group of tire dealers uh, on, a, uh, on an adventure over to Europe. We took them to Monte Carlo for the Grand Prix of Monaco F1 race, and, uh, you know, the, the, the great people that ran the company at that point in time said, oh, you know, by the way, uh, your wife is coming with you as well. So, you know, while there was still a lot of work to be done, we had an opportunity to, to have some fun along the way. And, and that, that certainly, you know, for me, uh, would be one of the, the highlights and, and just, a, you know, an incredible thing that otherwise I would have never able, you know, been able to, uh, to enjoy. Well, that's outstanding, Jared. Just a wonderful collection of uh, memories, and uh, you know, uh, I, I'm listening to you as you're as you're 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 reflecting on all this, and you know, I I've been so fortunate, um, and I think for the listeners at home too, just just by way of context, I mean, the wheels 
were in motion for our, our friendship, uh, you as my chum, uh, through motorsports as well, too, back in, oh, geez, Jer, 1999. Can you believe that? Oh, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are close to 21 years uh, later and uh, and still chums to this day, which I, I, I so treasure. Um, well, that's that's great. And, you know, um, you know, I heard you talk about and I can hear that passion in your voice um, about uh, motorsports. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a father son connection to that early passion that Jerry had for motorsports. Um, wonder if you can talk a, a bit more about your dad, Sid, who I've had the pleasure of meeting on multiple occasions, and uh, maybe how your dad, Sid, uh, inspired you to get into the field of motorsports. And are there some special memories that you have, uh, father-son memories uh, that you can recount um, through through motorsports with him? Yeah, yeah, and I, I yeah, I'd be happy to talk about Sid. Um... And it would have mentioned him, you know, many times during that uh, that that last question, but but I knew this question was coming. So, uh, but you know, simply put, uh, Anthony and Ashton, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for my father, Sid. Um, he worked in motorsports while I was growing up uh, as a kid. Um, you know, first of all, he was a sports journalist with uh, uh, the now defunct uh, Montreal Star. Um, and as a, a young guy looking to uh, carve a career in sports, um, he took on the motorsport beat when no one else wanted to do it and, uh, you know, rose to prominence, covered some, you know, major Canadian events, and uh, that led to a, a, a stint. Uh, we, we were in Montreal at the time, then moved to Toronto where he worked uh, you know, worked for a magazine, an automotive magazine that all, also covered motorsports. And shortly thereafter, uh, then was recruited to uh, go work for one of the top uh, PR agencies that did a lot of work in motorsports. And and all along the way, while he was growing his career, uh, you know, uh, us kids, uh, you know, got to enjoy uh, some of that ride as well. So. That, that certainly, you know, was a big part of driving my interest in racing. Uh, you know, some of those things that dads sometimes can do for kids. Uh, he had an opportunity to, you know, introduce me to uh, to Jackie Stewart. And, you know, I had a like a private one-on-one in the back of a car uh, for, you know, 30-minute session of just basically asking him questions and, you know, what's it like to be a racer. So the, those types of things certainly, um, you know, were, were ingrained in me. We, we also shared a passion for hockey and football, and, and, and I love those sports as well. So, you know, uh, all of that was, was a big part of it. Uh, but then, you know, kind of fast-forwarding, uh, when I came out of school, uh, I then went to work for a, a motorsport publishing firm. Uh, we did some magazines and uh, kind of tabloid-style publications, and then after that, went to work for a racetrack. Actually, my my first stint with uh, with Mosport. Um, but in my late twenties, uh, Sid had decided that he was going to venture out on his own and uh, created his own PR firm and uh, was opening the doors with uh, with a very big client in in the the, the Molson Indy. Um, and shortly thereafter, brought players on board uh, to to look after some of their motorsport programs. And uh, I, he invited me to join, and I jumped at the opportunity to come work with him uh, at, at the firm. 
And, uh, you know, that just gave me uh, kind of accelerated my learning, uh, accelerated the, the experience, um, you know, that, that I was able to gain in, in terms of PR and, and marketing on, on the Molson Indy uh, and, and just the, the network of people that I, that I, you know, had the opportunity to meet. So, um, and, and then from there, we worked in the Players Racing Program and, uh, you know, I think from a, uh, I guess from a character standpoint and, you know, both as a person and uh, as, as a business person, um, you know, he installed a, a work ethic in me uh, that, you know, no one was ever going to uh, outwork us. Um, and, you know, his, his approach uh, and philosophy on PR and, and marketing, um, you know, is, is something that I absorbed so much of what I learned uh, from him and you know, just things like uh, yes, it's a motorsport race, but but think beyond the box, and you know, think about what are the opportunities in in entertainment media, in business media, and and how do we craft this to to make it interesting to uh, the journalist or the sportscaster. So you know, those were all things that uh, you know r- really set the foundation for me to uh, enjoy whatever you know whatever I've been able to enjoy over the years and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say uh, he's he's 81 years young and uh, you know still healthy and um, we we still talk about you know racing a lot to this day you know what's happening in the current environment uh, reminiscing about the good old times and uh, yeah so it's 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 been a, a special and, and an important part of uh, my life both uh, personally and professionally. Oh, tremendous words, Jerry. You know, that that is um, Champs and Chums Radio Gold. I mean, to hear you talk about your dad and, and you know, as I said, uh, Sid, uh, it's great to hear that he's doing well and uh, to, to hear that, how you've talked about how, uh, you know, he was able to mentor you and, and really um, instill in you that, that kind of work ethic. It's, it's, it's really, it's just really tremendous to hear that, inspiring and uh kind of things we talk about here on champs and chums now in episode 11 so uh that that's just a great great um reflection about what father what, how dad and father and son were able to connect and and really live live the game as it were ashton you've got a question here for jerry as well too who are some of your most favorite racers to work with Oh boy, Ashton, that, that's a that's a great question, but it's also a really tough one because um, you know I've I've been fortunate to work with so many great drivers, uh, all of who were were good people, good people at heart, and uh, uh, you know I've, I've I've been blessed over the years, um, you know, to work with people like uh, and, and you know some of these names maybe your dad will recognize more so, but. Uh, you know, they're, they're Hall of Famers and, and legends, uh, but, you know, people like Mario Andretti and his son Michael, uh, Bobby Ray Hall, Danny Sullivan, Emerson Fittipaldi, you know, all, all some uh, pretty big stars and, and all people that, uh, you know, most of the work I would have done with them would have been on the PR side of things and, uh, and they were pros. I mean, they, uh, you know, they were cooperative, they were patient. Uh, you know, a, a typical day when they would fly into Toronto, say, you know, Mario and Michael often would come in as a tandem. And, uh, I mean, we'd, we'd be putting them to work uh, early in the morning for uh, radio phone-in shows. And then, uh, you know, then we would do some media one-on-ones. And then we'd do a, a, a big media conference where, you know, we would have back then, 
um, like 12 TV cameras and 300 plus people would be at the conference. I mean, these, these were these were huge deals, um, and and they all helped to generate interest and excitement for you know whatever the event was. In this case, the Molson Indy, and and most importantly, to help generate ticket sales because that was part of our mandate for that event as well. But I, I'd have to say my my favorite driver. Uh, was the late great Canadian Greg Moore, mm. uh, who I had the opportunity to work with uh, on the Players Racing Program, and and then worked with him again when when I moved on to Bridgestone Firestone. Uh, started with him in his second year of Indy Lights. Uh, that was his first year with Players, and and he ended up winning the title that year. Uh, Greg was just 20 years old, but but he was mature beyond his years, um, and you know like most elite athletes. Uh, who are passionate about their sport, which Greg was, he, he also had such a joy for it and such a joy for, uh, you know, for the life that went with it. Um, you know, certainly he loved the, and, and I'm sure that, you know, I've no doubt it was his favorite spot of, of what he got to do on the track, you know, in terms of testing and practicing and racing. Um, but for me as a PR person, and, and fortunately, you know, the other people in the Players PR program uh, who worked with him, uh, Greg enjoyed meeting the media and, and, and enjoyed the whole process of doing interviews. Um, you know, he was very relaxed. He made instant friends, um, you know, during particularly that year of, of Indy Lights. I mean, we, we took him to uh, just about every nook and cranny across the country to do, you know, local radio and TV shows, meet with sports writers. There, there was certainly nothing glamorous about that lifestyle uh, but but he you know he did it with a smile and 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 always delivered, and uh, you know that that didn't change when he won the Indy Lights title. Uh, he then graduated onto IndyCar. He didn't change, and then when he started winning there, he uh, he didn't change. It was still the same Greg Moore, um, and you know it, it's it's unfortunate that uh, uh, his career ended the way it did. Uh, but um, you know I, I look back on those few short years that I got to work with him, you know, with, uh, uh, with certainly a, a big tinge of sadness, but also, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of, a lot of happiness and just an admiration for what he achieved in his 24 years. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you know, Greg Moore, a real pro and uh, certainly gone way too soon, but uh, great memories there from our special guest insider, uh, Jerry Priddle. Uh, we're talking about Canadian motorsports. It's father, son, free-for-all round one episode 11 of the champs and chums podcast uh jer this has been just great motorsports talk and i think i have a noted authority to talk about the how molson indy was sort of brought to canada and how that event i mean uh you know has evolved i mean obviously sponsorship has changed hands but uh for you in terms of you and your dad really working to bring that event and supporting it with public relations and marketing support i mean how how did it start and then how how has that event grown over the years yeah and and actually the seeds of uh of that first molson indy in 1986 were uh were planted back in the the, the mid 60s believe it or not mm. um i think for you know anyone who's been a longtime follower of of sports uh and and the toronto sports scene especially uh, they they would know the name John Bassett and and the Bassett family, you know who were I mean involved in the Leafs, uh, uh, were involved in the Argos for a period, and and John had an interest in motorsports, 
and and actually tried to bring um, now I, I may my memory may slip a bit on this a bit I, I think started out trying to bring an indie car race to Toronto uh, down at exhibition place um, but but it didn't uh, get the city's support um, and then there was another attempt and I'm not sure if he was involved to to bring the Formula One race here uh, but but you know those were kind of the seeds of it and. Uh, you know, well before my time, uh, when when Molson kind of got the interest or had the interest of of seeing if they could bring IndyCar racing uh, to Canada, uh, Sid was involved uh, at the ground level, um, and you know they were they were going to meetings uh, with with local residents who had some initial objections, uh, but but Molson and uh, the city and and everyone who worked in it did a a great job of of addressing the concerns. And, uh, you know, we're, we're granted the opportunity to hold that race uh, on, on a one-year basis to prove that they could do it uh, safely and, and not disrupt the community too much. Um, and, you know, that, that 86 race was a sellout, uh, over 60,000 people uh, at the event. Um, and, you know, really what that did was brought motorsports right to the heart of Toronto and I think launched a, a legion of fans and, and, you know, kind of the cool thing about that model of, of the way they ran the race is, yes, Molson was the sponsor, uh, but they were also the owner of the event. So I, I think that gave them a lot of advantages and, and a lot of opportunities to craft that event the way they thought that it would work um, in this community. So it, it enjoyed uh, a lot of success in its early years. Um, but then things started to change. Uh, you know, certainly the beer business started to change. Uh, IndyCar uh, went through a uh, a bit of a civil war, uh, where you know there were ended up uh, two different groups were competing for control of IndyCar. So that kind of diluted the talent pool, diluted the uh, the teams, and um, you know eventually uh, Molson just decided to move into uh, another direction. Uh, you know, the, the race had a couple of bumpy years in around that period, uh, but then, you know, with, with a new promoter uh, and, and with Honda Canada as a sponsor, um, you know, they were able to revive that series, or sorry, that event. Um, and, and around that time, the two warring sides in IndyCar patched things up, and, uh, you know, so you no longer had that diluted talent pool um, and, and they started the climb, you know, back up to becoming a, a major event in the city. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's still a popular event, still draws good crowds. And, uh, you know, it's still an opportunity for people who want to hop on a subway and go see a race, uh, you know, to do so. That's great. And, here, you know, here we are. It's July. I believe the, uh, the Honda Indy was supposed to be running earlier this month as, as we're as we're tape recording this episode 11 so uh but great insights there in terms of the uh you know like it is with most uh, sporting events you know you have a dream you have a vision you've got a you know uh fight to make the right business case and uh it's such such a great story and, it, and it's a storied event for sure in um in uh, canadian sports uh history and it keeps going and going and going um, speaking of um, uh, the sport itself, uh, Jer, I wanted to get your perspectives on the state of Canadian motorsport today. I mean, you know, um, 
even when you and I team together doing our thing on the, the media, marketing, and PR side, you know, we always had to sort of battle, I guess, um, what could be some of the, the barriers of being considered, a, you know, like, let's call it like a, like a secondary sport when it came to media coverage. Um, but what can you tell us about what Canadian motorsports looks like today and where do you think it can go? Are there some you know, new rising stars uh, behind the wheel that can uh, continue to increase awareness for um, the great sport of, of motorsport? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I would say as an industry uh, right now, motorsports in Canada overall is is good. Um, you know, certainly in better shape in Eastern Canada than it is in Western Canada, and 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 a big part of that, Anthony and Ashton, are you know the uh, in in order to go racing, you need racetracks, and uh, you know, and unfortunately in Western Canada. You know, other than some, uh, you know, more local and, and regional um, small oval tracks, um, there, there's not a lot there in terms of pro racing. Although it is getting better, there there are a couple of tracks that have opened in uh, British Columbia, but really they're more focused on performance driving programs as opposed to professional racing events. Um, in, in Ontario, uh, you know, we, we've got some smaller road courses that operate, uh, but, but really the heartbeat of, uh, of racing in, in Ontario is Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. And, uh, you know, their, their business is doing well. Um, you know, they, they have a, a great roster of, of sponsors, uh, starting with Canadian Tire uh, and other companies like General Motors and, uh, and Mobile One. Um, and, and they, you know, they run kind of the gamut of uh, types of racing. So at, at the, the upper level, uh, we have the, uh, the NASCAR truck series that is the biggest NASCAR race in Canada uh, these days. They also run, uh, you know, the only sports car racing series. So it's part of what's called IMSA. Uh, one thing you'll learn, Ashton, is uh, motorsports is, is full of acronyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if, if you just think of that as the, uh, the, the pinnacle of sports car racing in North America, uh, Canadian Tire uh, hosts that. Or sorry, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park hosts that, uh, and and then of course in uh, in Quebec, uh, Montreal is the home to uh, the the Grand Prix race, and uh, you know that uh, that certainly is uh, is a very big and and very important uh, race, and and shines the spotlight, uh, the international spotlight on on Canada. Um, you know, car- karting across the country, I would say, is healthy and. You know that that's really the equivalent of of rep hockey. You know, if we think of uh, local programs that run in Toronto and across the country, uh, and and karting is where the ma- vast majority of drivers will get their start. So, you know, I, I would say that it's relatively healthy. Um, and and then as far as drivers, uh, the the top levels are very strong. Um, you know, for for the first time this year in the history of Formula One racing. Uh, we, we actually have two Canadians that are competing in the series uh, on a full-time basis. Uh, you know, one of them uh, being Lance Stroll, who is, I believe, in his second year, uh, second full-time year, and he's out of Montreal. And, and then a rookie this year, uh, Nicholas Latifi, um, you know, born in Montreal but moved to Toronto. Um, you know, so they're uh, they're just getting their season up and running. It it was as as so much uh, sports was delayed by COVID nineteen, uh, and and 
Ashton, I know you're a big Drake fan, and and I know you're a big Toronto fan. You may be interested to know uh, that when uh, it came time for Nicholas to pick his car number for Formula One, he opted to go with number six. Do you know why? Why? Well, because six, uh, the six, uh, the area code, uh, it, it was his ode to Toronto. So that's his way of saying that he's a proud Torontonian and, uh, you know, where, where's that number when he races around the world? So, so at the, you know, the upper end, and then, of course, we have uh, James Hinchcliffe um, uh, running in IndyCar, uh, albeit, you know, this year because of some business circumstances well beyond his control. It's, uh, it's a part-time program. Um, and then in, in sports car racing, we have a ton of good Canadians who uh, right now are, are enjoying success, uh, you know, racing at tracks like Daytona, Sebring, uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. So guys like uh, Kyle Marcelli are names that if you follow the sport, uh, you'll you'll recognize that name. Um, but probably where you know where some work needs to be done uh, would be at the uh, the development level for series, whether it be open wheel or closed wheel. Uh, but but a positive development uh, you know came about uh, probably a couple of months ago now is that we have a new uh, governing body of motorsport uh, in Canada for motorsports. And, uh, you know, that's being led by uh, Ron Fellows, uh, who, you know, is one of the great Canadian racers, um, you know, one of, the, one of the, the legendary sports car racers anywhere in the world. Um, and his colleague with, uh, uh, with the Canadian Grand Prix, uh, they're heading up that organization and, uh, you know, part of their mandate uh, is to try and bring more more corporate support uh, at some of those development levels, uh, so that we can, you know, so that we can develop a larger pool of uh, of, of Canadian racers, uh, you know, who hopefully can can climb the ranks. Great perspective there, and you know, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you all talk uh, glowingly about Ron Fellows. Uh, didn't have a chance to meet him during my time in motorsports, but yeah, I mean to to have those kind of people uh, behind the sport and can talk to the passion and making sure that the um, the funding and uh, understanding of where the sport can go, uh, coupled with uh, some of those uh, uh, bright lights, um, makes it uh, pretty promising for uh, Canadian motorsport looking forward. Uh, my chum to the uh, right of me here, uh, Jer, has another question for you. How has technology impacted motorsports? Wow, that uh, it, it's impacted it, Ashton, in, in, in a big way. I mean, really, technology and motorsports are are uh, intertwined, um, and and you know, a, a big part of the reason why it can be such an expensive sport uh, because of the development and uh, especially at the upper levels uh, that that goes into it. Um, and, and in turn, motorsports has impacted us in our, our daily life, particularly in the cars or the vehicles that we drive on the roads. Uh, you know, going right back to uh, the, the over 100 years ago, Ashton, at some of the early uh, Indy 500 races, uh, you know, uh, devices on cars that we take for granted now, like a rear view mirror and a seat belt, all came about um, because they were developed in motorsports. Um, I, I think other ways, really, that technology has impacted uh, motorsports, and, and probably, you know, some of the most important things are, 
that that it has helped make the cars more fuel efficient. So, uh, you know, through the materials, through the uh, the onboard computers, uh, you know, the engineers are able to kind of get every last drop uh, of performance out of uh, out of the fuel that that powers the cars. Um, and, and, you know, all of the systems that, uh, and monitors that uh, monitor, uh, you know, everything from brakes to, uh, you know, to, uh, to tires and wheels, um, you know, are also technologies that then find themselves uh, to, to the streetcars that, uh, uh, that we drive. But I, I think for me, some of the most important advancements have come in uh, making racing a safer experience for drivers. Um, you know, there, there's no getting away from the fact that it's it's a high risk sport. Uh, you know, if if you collide with a wall at uh, 200 plus miles per hour, um, you know something's got to give. And and so there's been uh, a ton of work done over the years, uh, and and much of it in the last 20 years that have really moved the sport forward to making it much safer. And you know that can be from things like tethering wheels so that they don't, uh, you know, on impact they don't fly away from the car; they stay close to the car. Um, there, there's a, a, a product called a Hans device, H A N S, that uh, fits around the driver's neck and sits on his shoulder, and and that better protects the driver's neck and head uh, if if there is impact. Um, and then in, in you know recent years uh, for open wheel racing cars uh, like Formula One and in IndyCar uh, they've installed new advancements. Uh, Formula One calls theirs the halo. Uh, IndyCar calls theirs the aero screen. Uh, but essentially what those devices do is protect the drivers who sit in an open cockpit. Uh, uh, protect them better from any debris that that may come off in, in an accident, or or if the car should roll over. So, uh, so you know those have been um, you know great great advancements uh, that technology has helped. Um, and now we're starting to see the electrification of, of motorsports. So uh, there there is a, a high profile Formula series called Formula E, as in electric. Uh, and you know what they're learning on the racetrack is also being uh, applied to the electric uh, vehicles that uh, that are being used on the roads. And and most of the major manufacturers like BMW and Porsche and, and people of, of that stature are involved in that Formula E series. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a big part of it. And uh, you know everything on a vehicle that we drive from the tires to the brakes. Uh, you know, to, to the, the, the surrounding of the vehicle itself, uh, you know, those manufacturers take what they learn on the track and, and then apply it to, uh, you know, whatever's probably sitting in your driveway right now. Well, that's fascinating insights. I mean, uh, you know, you kind of think of that uh, chemistry between in uh, uh, looking towards technology of, you know, innovation and, and performance, but you know, capital S safety. I mean, I think those are sort of the trinity of things when, uh, that are so important. And uh, some great insights and perspective for you on how technology is uh, is impacting the sport uh, in in bigger ways. A uh, couple more questions here, uh, chums. In uh, round one, father son free for all. Um, you know, Jara, for the the casual fan, I mean, many people think of racing and they think about you know, I'm going to watch the Indy 500. Uh, 
on uh, long weekend, American long weekend, I'm going to watch uh, on the, the big NASCAR race or, or check out Formula One. But um, uh, why don't you share with the listeners uh, some of the other um, uh, leagues and, and areas of interest that and, and different kind of series that um, uh, they can become more engaged in, if you will. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, th- I think a, a truism, uh, guys, is that uh, anytime you have a vehicle that that has a motor and/or wings, uh, sorry, and/or wheels, and and you've got two of them, uh, humans are going to race them. So you know, I, I've seen everything from tractor races to school bus races, yeah. uh, boats, hydroplanes, yeah. uh, airplanes have, have all raced. But in in terms of you know more mainstream. Uh, types of classes. Really, the the other categories, aside from what you mentioned, uh, would be sports car racing, like the Mobile One Sports Car Grand Prix uh, that that runs at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, or or the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And and what's really cool about that form of racing, I think, is that you mix a variety of types of cars on the track. So you'll have, you know, futuristic uh, Star Wars looking. Uh, vehicles that are as sophisticated as as a Formula One car uh, racing on the track uh, with uh, GT cars. So ones that may look very similar, say, to a Corvette that you'll see on the street. Uh, but but when you get into the the engine and and the you know the under part of the car, it, it looks nothing like that car. So so that's a great class of racing. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of passing, lots of technology, and, and uh, very entertaining to watch. Um, motorcycle racing is big, and, uh, you know, there, there are lots of different levels uh, of that. There is a MotoGP, so that's basically the two-wheeled equivalent of, uh, of Formula One. Um, and, and then probably the other one that I would touch on, I mean, there, there, there are dozens, uh, but the other one would be rallying. Uh, where, you know, again, you take cars that, that look like uh, street vehicles, uh, but then run them in a, on roads, uh, but in a controlled environment. And uh, basically it's, uh, you know, it's who can go the fastest from point A to point B. Uh, but along the way, there can be, a, you know, a number of, of hazards. Some of them are run in deserts. Um, so those would be the, the three that I would say, you know, to, to also take a look at, to take a look at. That's great. Ashton. How have you been able to share the, the knowledge and passion of motorsports with your own kids, special memories with them? Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I think probably, you know, uh, like, like my dad's, did for me, you know, I did for them some opportunities for them to, uh, you know, to meet race car drivers. Um, certainly lots of swag, uh, hats, t-shirts, and things like that that I would bring home. Um, all three of my children have uh, worked with me uh, on, on motorsport events, uh, you know, in different capacities, whether it's, it's helping out with uh, things like car corrals, where we would have a bunch of enthusiasts, enthusiasts in there. Uh, my my youngest son Ryan has uh, uh, shot some motorsport events for me, and I, I think for them, you know that that's probably been honestly that's been about the extent of it. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're motorsport fans, but uh, but they enjoyed the experience, and um, 
uh, you know, certainly I, I think uh, appreciate the uh, the work that goes into you know making a motorsport race work uh, and uh, or, or 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 a race team for that matter. Oh, that's amazing! What a, a great way to end a great round one for father son free for all. Some really good insights and uh, a really uh, quite a tour of uh, the ins and outs, the lefts and rights, the twists and turns uh, of uh, Canadian motorsports. So great job, Chums, on that one. Okay, Chums, let's move on to father-son free-for-all round two. And we are going to continue moving uh, our wheels. It was now actually uh, fans at home. You are going to hear our selections, our favorite auto-inspired athlete names. I thought this would be kind of fun, Chum, so I'm looking forward to this. So in typical uh, father-son champs and chums uh, fashion, we'll be uh, selecting our bronze, silver, and gold medalists. Uh, So it'll be um, Ashton and I on this end of the 905 here in Brampton, and then our chum Jerry on the other end of the 905 in lovely Markham. So we'll start here. Ashton, why don't you share... Who is our bronze medalist for auto-inspired athlete names? Our bronze medal is Zach Wheeler. Oh, yes. Wheels up on Zach Wheeler. He's a Philadelphia Phillies pitcher. He's, uh, 30, he's 30 years old, Ashton and Jerry. And uh, he, um, he was actually starring for the, um, uh, for the New York Mets at one time. So, uh... Zach Wheeler is our bronze medalist. He's pitched in 126 games over his major league career. And uh, that try that one on for size. So Zach Wheeler, our bronze medalist for auto-inspired athlete names. Over to the other end of the 905, our chum Jerry with his bronze medalist. All right. Well, I, I consulted the rules and regulations for this uh, this segment, Anthony, and I, I think I'm okay if I uh, go with a nickname um, as opposed to, say, a surname. Um, and uh, th- this is more of a vehicle as opposed to an auto, uh, but, but I had to find a way to work in my beloved Steelers into this <laughs> podcast. I knew so you my... would. I knew you would. <laughs> so uh, with some artistic license, uh, my bronze medal uh, athlete name is uh, Jerome the Bus Bettis. Oh, well done. And, and a really sneaky, good creative pick there, my friend. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, well, he, uh, you know, he's a Super Bowl champion. I can see why. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, adored by you as a, as a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And uh, want to see, he retired in 2006, and uh, he won a Super Bowl uh, as well, too, right? He, he won a Super Bowl. He uh, was a six-time pro bowler and, uh, of course, is one of many, many, many Pittsburgh Steelers who are in the, uh, uh, the Football Hall of Fame. That's you got it, uh, my chum, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jerome Bettis, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame 2015. Jerome the Bus Bettis is Jerry's uh, bronze medalist for auto-inspired athlete names. Okay, uh, son, over to you for our silver medalist. Our silver medal is TJ Ford. Now, how did I not think you'd work a Raptor, a former Raptor into this? But well done. Taking the name of a great uh, automotive brand, Jerry, our silver medalist is TJ Ford, an NBA basketball player. Um, 
Uh, Ford, as I said, he played with the uh, Toronto uh, Raptors. Uh, Ashton, who else has he played with? He has played with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. I think the Milwaukee Bucks as well, too. Mm-hmm. And did you know, actually, uh, Jer and, uh, and Ashton, that T.J. Ford was a first-round pick? He was picked eighth overall in the 2003 NBA draft. So there we go. Slam dunk, silver medalist from your chums. Uh, here on this end of the 905, TJ Ford. Over to, to Jer for his silver medalist. That's a good pick, guys. Uh, for mine, I'm going to go to the, uh, the world of uh, Olympic uh, track and field. And uh, uh, this, this pick is an eight-time gold medalist, uh, winning sprinter, uh, and he is Usain Bolt. And uh, the, the connection, for those that don't know, is that Chevrolet has a compact uh, electric vehicle called the Bolt. Oh, another creative one. Well done there. The uh, the fastest man on the planet, I guess, he can lay claim to that still, no? Absolutely. I think so, as uh, far as I know. But, uh, yeah, yeah certainly, uh, certainly he was electric on the track, Anthony, so... Uh, really uh, really admired him as as an athlete and and as a good person oh and such personality too eh, Jer? uh you know in, in his races and uh, always had clearly lots of energy a world record holder in the 100 meters 200 meters and the four by 100 uh Jer's, uh silver medalist for auto inspired athletes is the incomparable usain bolt okay ashton Time now to debut for our fans, our gold medalist. Who would that be? Our gold medalist is Bruce Driver. Bruce Driver. It might be a plain name to some uh, hockey fans, but Bruce Driver is our gold medalist for auto-inspired athlete uh, names. Uh, Bruce Driver was a defenseman. Uh, a Canadian, a uh, former uh, professional uh, defenseman who played 15 seasons in the National Hockey League, everybody. And uh, he won a Stanley Cup. So uh, he won a Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils in that uh, famous run they made in uh, 1995. Uh, Martin Brodeur, I think Kirk Muller was part of that team, Scott Stevens, but uh, Bruce Driver was uh, was our selection as a gold medal for auto-inspired athlete names. Okay, over to our chum Jerry for his gold medal. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, I think for my gold medalist, uh, it, it was preordained uh, what, what kind of a sport he was going to go into and, uh, you know, just how he would make his living. <laughs> uh, and, and he was a racer, uh, auto racer. Uh, from the U.S., and uh, he ran Formula One, uh, he ran NASCAR, um, you know, really didn't enjoy a lot of success, uh, but then he moved to a, a series called Global Rallycross and uh, was racing with Andretti Autosport, that's Michael Andretti's outfit, uh, where he won three consecutive titles uh, for the uh, Andretti team. My uh, gold medalist is Scott Speed. How's that, for, uh, how's that for uh, <laughs> a motorsport-related name? That, that is uh, sharp and on the point. You win. Gold medalist for my longtime chum, chum Jerry, is Scott Speed for auto-inspired athlete names. I mean, I, I mean that's just perfect. That's 11 out of 10, Jer. 
right for that. So we'll have to we'll have to thank uh, yeah we'll have to thank his family. The, the mom and dad, yeah, exactly yeah. for that one. So well done, chums. We are now into the home stretch. We are now onto the last lap of this extremely fun episode eleven with our uh, motorsports uh, insider and, and sports insider, uh, longtime chum Jerry Prittle. And we're all now on to father-son free-for-all round three. And, you know, with, uh, you know, guys with, um, you know, sports starting to come back, we're starting to get that hop in our step. And I was kind of thinking as we were putting together the um, episode 11, wouldn't it be nice to kind of talk about and rank and uh, award our top sports anthems. So what I mean by that, listeners at home, is when you go to the the baseball stadium, when you go to the hockey arena, you know, pre-COVID, of course, you would have uh, really heard some great tunes that would um, that would uh, be playing in the in the stadiums or the arenas. And so we are the three of us going to give you our gold, silver, bronze for um, top sports anthems. All right, so we'll start at this end of the 9.05 with uh, Ashton. And this one, actually, I think is is all you, my man. So you go ahead. Our bronze is Money in the Grave by Drake. Wow, Money in the Grave by Drake. Now, to talk about sort of where that's played and and such like that, just for, for my chum Jerry and I. It's mostly played at the Raptors, uh... He he made this song after they won the championship, uh, and he talks a lot about like how like they won the championship and stuff in the song. Also, there was quite deep in terms of the journey, and of course, uh, Drake is the global ambassador of the Raptors. So how fitting that uh, Drake and Money in the Grave. I've heard it actually, Ashton, at a few 905 games. In fact, uh, Jer has come to some of the 905 games. You might have heard it as well too, Jer. Oh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure okay. I did. <laughs> so good stuff. That's our bronze medalist. Over to the other end of the 905. Uh, Jer, who's your bronze medalist? Or what's Wow, guys. Yeah, you know, this, this this was another one of those tough questions or categories because I, I probably come up with 20 songs that, you know, we're, we're all deserving of mention. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm of a certain vintage and... Uh, you know, I like my anthems that kind of get my beat going with a, a familiar song uh, that I can just dive into uh, with the melody and all of that. So my, my bronze medal uh, winner is by Gary Glitter, uh, Rock and Roll Part 2. Oh, that's a great song. I mean, I, I mean, we're talking like it went cross-sport too, Jay, right? I mean, it would have been baseball, hockey, football. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I don't know how often, well, I don't get to a lot of games these days. I don't know how often it's played now, but, uh, you know, back, back in the day, I know it was a, a big one, instantly recognizable and, uh, certainly would get people up off their feet oh, and, yeah. and cheering and shouting. That's right. I mean, I get goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. That's, uh, Jerry's bronze medalist for top sports anthems, rock and roll part two. Okay, Ashton, over to our end of the 905 for our silver medal. 
Our silver medal is OK Blue Jays. Oh, love that song. Now, why don't you actually tell the listeners at home? Because, I mean, we all three of us, we're big baseball fans. Uh, we're so happy that uh, the Blue Jays are looking that they're going to play. We don't know where they're going to play at the time of this recording, but uh, they're going to play a season. Um, but, Ashton, why don't you share with the listeners at home and our special guest, Jerry, the first time you heard OK Blue Jays. The first time I heard OK Blue Jays, I thought uh, it was going to be a great song for the rest of the Blue Jays season and uh, and a great song for the rest of their legacy. Well, I mean, it was a nice uh, stretch for your dad, whose knees were probably painting him a little bit. So when seventh inning came along at some of those b- baseball games that we took in together as a father and son, we were up there, and uh, and then we it was, of course, as Jerry mentioned, I mean, there's tons of selections for top sports anthems, but seventh inning stretch, there would be OK Blue Jays, which is our hometown favorite, and then what was the other one? It was like Take Me Out, right? Yeah, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yeah, another favorite as well, too. So that's our silver medalist, everybody, for top sports anthems, OK Blue Jays. Over to uh, lovely Markham, our friend uh, Jerry, with his silver medal. Great, thanks, guys. Yeah, and I'm a. Uh, I, I enjoy my heavy metal, uh, along with a, a lot of different genres of music. Uh, this one's another one of those ones that gets you know gets my blood pumping. Uh, you know, gets I think everyone kind of into the game. Uh, I've I've seen this band live once, uh, way back at uh, Sarstock at Downsview. I think it was 2003, and they um, they put on one heck of a show. Uh, So my silver metal song is Thunderstruck by ACDC. Great tune. Ashton, you wanted to weigh in on this one as well, too. Are you a heavy metal fan? Are you going to give us another impression of Thunderstruck, Jerry's silver medal? Another impression. Oh, go ahead. ahead. So there's a movie called Thunderstruck. It's a basketball movie. I don't know that one. Tell us, Ashton. It's basically... uh, um, an Oklahoma City Thunder film. Um, so this kid wants to be like Kevin Durant, and uh, one day uh, he he gets a signed ball from Kevin Durant, and he said, and the the boy said like, uh, I want I want to have your power one day, and then he and then Kevin Durant's power just zapped into him, and then he was so good, and then Kevin Durant was off. So it's like it was just it was a movie about. Uh, trying to switch back the powers, and it's it's okay if you're bad, just keep practicing. Probably that that's what I that's what I know it's about. So, Jer, there you go. You heard it on good authority. If you're looking for some uh, COVID nineteen movie watching, maybe uh, Thunderstruck. Um, I'll be I'll be having a look on Prime and Netflix tonight. <laughs> well done. Okay, chums, we are now at the gold medal stage. Father-son, free-for-all, round three, top sports anthems. Uh, Ashton, uh, oh, actually, uh, uh, yeah, Ashton, take it away. Uh, our gold medal is Cyrus by the Allen's Parsons. Serious, yeah. Yeah, it's by the Allen Parsons Project. And then what's, because some people won't know that, right? So they're they're in the arenas, 
and they and and someone says to them, "Oh yes, it's uh, serious. Alan Parsons project. What what is the relevance of that, and why is that our gold medal, son?" Uh, it's uh, it's because it's a Chicago Bulls theme song for when they um enter. Oh, Jer, what do you think of that gold medal choice? I think that's great, guys. And anytime you can work Alan Parsons into a sports and ch- uh, chums and friends podcast, I'm I'm all on board. They're well, a great band. Yeah, a great band. I mean, uh, one of my favorite songs, of course, that Alan Parsons Project has was "Eye in the Sky." But yes. of course, when we talk about sports, there's nothing better than that famous as they as they're now. It's that song's now known for the Chicago Bulls opening song and. Uh, is we all uh, have taken in some of the last dance during uh, the COVID period. I mean, we, we kind of heard that and remember, and again, just the chills that you feel with that championship team uh, coming to the court and, and onto the floor. Uh, good stuff. Okay, well, we're, we are going to put a cap on this father-son free-for-all round three with uh, Jerry's gold medalist. Jerry, take it away. Yeah, it it may not be the most um, original pick, but uh, it's one that uh, if if your team uh, is singing this song or they're playing it in the arena uh, in the last game of the season, then then you are a happy person, and uh, uh, that that is uh, the song by Queen called "We Are the Champions." Oh, that's a beauty and a classic. A beauty and a classic. Well done, well done. And and you're you're a Queen fan. I'm a big Queen fan. Yeah, yeah, have been you know back back since day one. Uh, in fact, a little racing tie-in here. Uh, I I used to work at Mostport selling programs as a young kid. Like I would have been about 11 years old, and uh, I, I can remember uh, the guys who were managing all the program sellers. Um, we were sleeping in motorhomes, and. That is where I heard my first Queen song back then, and uh, and I, I was hooked. So, seen them a few times. Uh, you know, loved the movie, loved Freddie Mercury, and uh, you know, I, I I get chills when I hear that song. And um, yeah, so it's uh, and 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 even more so when it's your team is related to that song. And like you're you're the Steelers, over... like the Raptors. Yeah, and you're overachieving again, my friend. Because I think you're sneaking in when you talk about Queen, We Are the Champions, and I think you're trying to sneak in another one as well, too, right? Oh, well, usually it goes hand-in-hand with We Will Rock You, which, uh, (laughs) I mean, could could be a gold medal song on its own. Yeah, well done. In tandem, that is uh, Jerry's gold medalist is... uh, is uh, We Are the Champions by Queen, and uh, We Will Rock You, but what a perfect way to end father-son free-for-all round three in such a, a tremendous uh, father-son chat with a special chum of ours. And uh, Ashton, you wanted to say some, uh, some words of appreciation to, uh, to, to our chum, Jerry, for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, because uh, we know you have to work, and uh, thank you for giving us a part of your time to uh, do this, your first interview yeah, and, uh, on a podcast. That's right. He's done many. Uh, he's done many, many over the years with media, and so we were so proud to get him up on our podcast for sure. And um, why don't you, you know what, because uh, ladies and gentlemen home, I mean, Jer is such a great chum, as I say, north of 20 years, and, uh, you know, we haven't forgotten... Uh, there's so many things that you've um, you've shared with us and done for us, and one of the most appreciative things I I have when it comes to Ashton is you 
last summer gave him an experience of a lifetime. Ashton, why don't you talk about what our chum Jer did for you um, uh, over at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park? So he took me to where he works. Uh, I got to see cars. I got to see uh, like the parts of cars. I got to see some. Um, uh, it, there was actually a little race going on. Yeah, if yeah. I, the cars were loud. It almost like it, it hurt my ears, but it was fine. <laughs> you had a great time, Jer. So you know what? Uh, so appreciative of you giving us the time, as Ashton said. Oh, you know, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a great, great segment. So great having you on. Great. Well, listen, guys, I I appreciate the opportunity to. Uh, come on and and talk about you know one of my passions and uh, you're you're doing great work uh, with with the podcast already up to uh, episode 11 so I'll uh, I'll look forward to uh, hearing this when it drops and uh, and listening to many more to come down the road. Oh, that's great, Ashton. You are going to take us to break on episode 11. This ends our father son free for all segment. More father son. Fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. So glad that you're with us. And now it's time for our All Pro Go segment. And Ashton, as just so the listeners at home know, our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight? And we've just earlier in the episode had a great father-son free-for-all segment uh, with our chum Jerry talking about racing. And now we are going to talk about another form of racing. So take it away, Ashton. What is our All Pro Go segment for episode 11? Our All Pro Go segment is about go-karting. Go-kart racing. Okay, go ahead, son. A go-kart, also written as go-kart, often referred to as simply simply as a, a kart, is a type of open-wheel car or quadricycle. Go-karts come in all shapes and forms, from motorless models to high-powered racing machines. Some, such as super-karts, are able to beat, beat racing cars and motorcycles on long circuits great stuff and now you're going to talk about unmotorized types of uh, go-kart racing uh, in north america keep going in north america usually usually referred to as soap box derby car carts are the simplest type of go-karts they are they're pro propelled you got propelled. it propelled by gravity, go karts without motors are also propelled by pe- pedal power. And then we just talked about unmotorized go kart racing. Now you're going to tell the the listeners at home about motorized go kart racing. Further information: kart is racing. under kart racing. Yeah. Many, many recreational carts can be powered by four-stroke engines or electric motors while racing carts use a two smoke a two stroke sorry or more um or rare, more rarely a rare, yeah, higher powered four stroke engine yep most of them are single 
cedar, but some recreational models can accommodate a um, passenger. Good stuff, son. That is motorized type of go-kart racing. And did you know that there's also a diff- other type of go-kart racing, and that's recreational, concession-based, or indoor carts? And that would be some of like the carts we would have saw like at the CNE or Wonderland, right, Ashton? Mm-hmm. Well, good stuff. Well, that is your All-Pro Go. And this is episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. It's your co-host, Anthony and Ashton here. And Ashton, it is now time for our signature segment. It's now time for our Champs and Chums segment. That's our salute to our stars on and off the field. So all you listeners at home, you've come to know this. Um, Ashton is going to select his champ. I will match that with my champ. And then Sun will provide his chum, and then I'll close the segment with my chum. So, Ashton, episode 11, who is your champ for this show? My champ is Mark Gasol. That is a championship selection, my friend. Now, why is Mark Gasol your champ for episode 11? Uh, it's because he, he worked hard for that title, and I think from watching the uh, NBA Finals ga- um, game, I believe the first game of them to 2019 NBA Finals, he scored the first shot, which was a three-pointer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, he And he's known so much for his defensive ability, and boy, did that shine. That veteran presence of Marc Gasol during that magical run of 2019 as the Raptors um, won the NBA title. But um, great selection as a champ, Ashton. Uh, Mark Gasol, who uh, was selected uh, 48th overall by the Los Angeles uh, Lakers uh, in the in the NBA draft 2007. He, uh, of course, starred for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and then, of course, he was traded uh to the raptors in 2019 it was uh i think it was almost close to like a deadline deal ashton and um he's a two-time uh all nba team member three-time nba all-star and uh been named defensive player of the year so and what a great choice eh? because you know uh, we're getting ready for uh, the return of some basketball here uh during covid and I got to say, we talk about a lot on Champs and Chums, uh, Marcus all a veteran, but he's still putting in the work, eh? What have you seen in training camp out of him? I've seen lots of uh, great shots and lots of great defense, too. And in fitness, too. It seems like he's trimmed down a bit, too, no? Yeah, he has, actually. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a champ in itself, right? Still committed to putting in the work and still doing the right things to get ready and be ready for what we hope will be a back-to-back championship for the Raptors. But um, uh, Marcus All is Ashton's champ for episode 11. Good stuff. All right, now it's Dad's turn for um, uh, his champ. And uh, this is actually a connection to our special guest that joined us, uh, uh, Jerry Priddle, earlier in the uh, the show. Uh, My champ for episode 11 is the uh, legendary quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, 
the great Jim Kelly. That's right, Ashton. Uh, Jim Kelly was um, was a star coming out uh, of the University of Miami. He uh, played as well in the United States Football League, but where everything really took off for him was when he was uh, taken 14th overall by the Buffalo Bills uh, in the 1983 draft. And, you know, he just had everything about him. You know, uh, he was big, he, he could throw, uh, he was tough as nails, and that famous K-Gun offense that the Bills had um, masterminded uh, was all captained by a great leader, Jim Kelly. And did you know, Ashton, that I had an opportunity to meet uh, Jim Kelly through um, Jerry, my our good chum that joined us on the show. Uh, there was a, a, a big fundraising event uh, downtown at um, and uh, at the Steam Whistle Brewery, as I remember. And Jim Kelly was there, and it was a, a big fundraiser. Of course, we know uh, Jim Kelly uh, uh, went through um, some treatments for cancer, and he is strong, mentally strong, mentally tough. And what a great leader. The passion that that uh, man showed for the game. I, I am a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, it was seen in my champ for episode 11, Jim Kelly. Okay, Ashton, now it's over to you for your chum on episode 11. Who's your chum? My chum is Arjun. Arjun. Arjun Sandu. Arjun, uh, that's what, what a great uh, friend of the show he is. So uh, shout out to Arjun and Sonam, uh, his sister, and, and his parents. Uh, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about why Arjun is your chum for episode 11? So he's gone to all of my birthdays except for my first. And I was speaking with him like uh, I was a talker on the stage yeah. at um, my school Christmas concert. You guys have done a lot of fun things together. And you're right. Actually, other than the your first birthday, you've known Arjun for, what is that now? That's six six years, I guess you could say? I guess you could say seven. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can say seven, but um, you guys always have great uh, fun together, uh, whether it be at school or even online. You just had your, uh, even during COVID times, Ashton, uh, mom and dad were able to deliver a birthday for you online, mm -hmm. and Arjun joined you, so it was great having him on, on, on there with you. Yeah, it was um, excellent. That's amazing. Well, shout out to a friend of the show, Arjun and his family, uh... Arjun, you are Ashton's chum of episode 11. Now it's Dad's turn, and uh, my chum is outstanding. So outstanding that he was on the show uh, earlier, Ashton. And so my chum of episode 11 is my friend, longtime friend, Jerry. We've known each other for over two decades, and, uh, you know, I, if you hear earlier in the episode, we uh, the wheel started moving on our friendship back in 1999 through the wonderful world of motorsports, but isn't it amazing in the world of um, friends and, uh, and chums that you can continue to stay together and connect, and uh, here we are to this day, like close to 21 years later, still uh, taking the wheel together on fun adventures, whether it be things that are sports-related at many sporting events or just catching up over a beer, Ashton, or having dinner and getting together with the families. Um, and uh, as I said, uh, he's been a mentor, a special person in my life, and I'm so proud that I can share with you that my chump for episode 11 
is my friend, Jer. Okay, Ashton, it's been a great segment. We've got one more to go, and you're listening to episode 11 on the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, we're going to put a bow on this one, man. It's been a great episode, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. As I always do, and I ask you after every show, uh, what did you learn during episode 11? I learned more about um, Canadian racing and more about Jerry and his dad. Oh, that's right. I mean, a great uh, front end of our episode as we toured Canadian motorsports. We talked about different kind of series. We talked about the history of bringing Molson Indian. Yeah, you're right, Ashton. That uh, father-son talk um, that Jerry uh, was was just, it was like, it was like show gold for us because to hear him talk about um, the experiences, the passion that he had and the mentorship and, and the fun times. Um, learning and uh, discipline was so uh, good to hear and how a father and a son uh, did some amazing things. Um, they definitely blazed a trail uh, for Canadian motorsports and continue to do just that. Um, good stuff. And so we want to thank uh, some great uh, friends of the show. We want to thank Jerry for uh, joining us on episode 11. Who else do we want to thank for making this all possible? Uh, I want to thank the Power Girls, uh, Uncle Dennis. Yeah, shout out to Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who uh, helped produce the show. And Ashton, uh, where can our fans uh, tune in to listen more to some of the podcasts that we have? iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, t- TuneIn, Podbean, CastBox. Yeah, that's quite a quite a growing list, amen? Well, well done here. Here we are in episode 11, and uh, of course... Uh, all the fans on social can visit at Champs and Chums for more information on champsandchums.com. So, Ashton, it's time for our summer-inspired signature fist bump. Good stuff, man. Well, it's been a great episode 11. So glad that you've listened to it. And as we say, Ashton, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. listening.